Hi, I'm Pastor Kaylee. Thank you for listening to this sermon from Wood Street Chapel in Fortuna, California. You can find out more information about our church at www.woodstreetchapel.org. So, first off, uh, just kind of leading into or off of the, the Thanksgiving basket ministry that happened yesterday, we need to say a very big thank you to uh, the people that were involved in, in all of the different capacities of that particular ministry, whether it is the uh, initial startup process of that, that, that Dave and Wendy and, and Charlotte and Carolyn are involved in that starts, I don't know how many months uh, back, Dave, you may be able, is Dave in here? Maybe I was going to say, I, I, I could have sworn I saw him a second ago. Uh, but I mean, that process starts months and months and months in advance in terms of kind of getting all of the stuff. And then we have to get the stuff where it needs to go. So a big thank you to dad and, and um, just everybody who was able to help lift the things. Um, lifting a hundred and something odd turkeys is a, a good workout. Dad said he felt uh, a little stronger yesterday. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, a big thank you to that. A thank you to everybody who helped during the handout time. And a thank you to the people that helped kind of clean things up afterwards. Cynthia, I know you were kind of helping out in, in that area, and we appreciate that as well. So, thank you. And again, it's not coincidental that we're, <laughs> thanks is kind of a focus for today. <laughs> and one of the things that we're going to talk about is how sad that it has to be a focus for today. You know, it's, it's kind of interesting if you go out shopping. Um, I, I kind of frequently run by the dollar store and the... Um, is it Rite Aid that's in the shopping center in my, by Safeway because um, I drop Oliver off for karate. And so as I go by, um, you kind of get like this little snapshot of uh, like the calendar because when I was going by like September to October, it was like, oh, here's a bunch of pumpkins and here's like all of these, uh, you know, Halloween decorations and everything that's there. And then as I'm running by, you know, come November, it was Christmas trees. And I was like, wait, we, we skipped one. <laughs> we, we, we missed something here. There, there's supposed to be this entire day that is set aside that is this time that we spend saying thank you, that we, we recognize the, the blessings that we've been given. But maybe the, the cynical part of, of Matt is going to come out for just a minute. I would imagine that there's probably more money to be made in Christmas than there is in Thanksgiving. So, so that is probably why we, we are seeing what we're seeing. But maybe we need to ask the question, is there a time where maybe we skip over? Is there a time where maybe Thanksgiving is a little less about gratitude, a little less about being thankful, and more about all of the stuff that comes along with it, whether it's the food, whether it's the, the sport events, whether it's the, the parade, if you're in my house, uh, <laughs> whether it, whatever those things may be, are, are there things that are getting in the way? And then the next question would be, are we really in need of just having one day set aside or should we be living a life of thanksgiving? If we, we look at, at why we are thankful, why, why am I thankful as 
a child of the king? Why am I thankful as one who has been redeemed from the pit of hell? Why am I thankful as one who has been uh, made white as snow? Why am I thankful? Shouldn't that be for more than just one day? As we continue this study on prayer, we've, over the the course of the past few weeks, been talking about this rhythm uh, of maintaining uh, a rhythm of prayer in our life. And we've talked about the different steps. And in the the evening time, we've kind of set aside that that moment for gratitude. I say, well, yeah, but we talked about that a couple of weeks ago. We don't need to worry about that one anymore. We've got it. Well, let's just go with me for a minute, and, <laughs> and maybe we can learn a little more about gratitude than the 30 minutes that we, we hit on a couple of weeks ago. And so it's, it's fitting that if that is the, the focus of our evening prayer time, if, if that's what we're saying we, we want to do is, is say thank you to God for what he has done in our life in, in that day, Thank you for God for what he's doing right now in this moment and thank you for what you are going to do going forward. Then maybe it makes sense for us to to spend a little bit more time in in understanding what it means to be thankful. And this morning we're going to look at Psalm 103 and we're going to specifically focus on 1 through 5, but I want to read the whole thing. And we're going to do that right now. It says, Bless the Lord, O my soul. All of my inmost being, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases? Who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion? Who satisfies your desires with good things so that your mouth is renewed like the eagles? The Lord works righteousness and justice for all of the oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his deeds to the people of Israel. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows how we are formed. He remembers that we are dust. The life of mortals is like grass. They flourish like a flower of the field. The wind blows it over and it is gone. And in its place remembers it no more. But from everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those who fear him and his righteousness with their children's children and with those who keep his covenant and remember to obey his precepts. The Lord has established his throne in heaven and his kingdom rules over all. Praise the Lord, you his angels, you mighty ones who do his bidding, who obey his word. Praise the Lord, all his heavenly hosts, you his servants who do his will. Praise the Lord, all his works everywhere in his dominion. Praise the Lord, O my soul. That should have sounded pretty familiar. There was a lot that came from the song that we just sang. And the same reminder exists that this isn't a matter of of David. David's the one who wrote this psalm. uh, Of David 
writing directly to God. What this is, is, is David writing as a reminder to himself. He's writing to himself. That's the, the literary mechanism that he's using. He's, he's reminding his soul to bless the Lord. To be mindful of every good thing that exists in his life. Every good gift that has taken place in his life is not because of his own doing. It's because of who God is. If we look at the the first two verses, we're to count our blessings. We're to be mindful of, of the blessings that we have been given. When we look at this this prayer, when we look at this, this song of rejoicing, it's important to recognize in this song of rejoicing, there is no request being made. There is no, hey God, when you get a chance, I need this, this, and this. There's no calendar. There's no checklist. It's, it's a psalm of praise, a psalm of adoration coming and saying, God, great are you. In this moment of unadulterated praise that that David is bringing to God. David is is awestruck by the blessings that he's been given. It would be really interesting if we knew the the circumstance that, that brought David to this point. But it's also not hard to imagine if we, we, we look at the life of, of David and we see where he was, where he was brought from, and where he arrived at. David looks back at his life. Let's just assume he's, he's looking back at his life as he's in a palace. He's looking back at where he was when he used to be a shepherd tending sheep in a field. He's looking back at that time when he was being chased through the wilderness. He's looking back at that time where he had to hide in a cave. He's looking back at this time where armies were pursuing him. He's looking back at all of these things, and he's counting his blessings, saying, Great are you, Lord. Or, maybe, David is in the midst of that cave. And the armies are all around him. Maybe he's in that moment where his brothers are, are being unkind to him. Maybe he's in that moment uh, about ready to go out and face Goliath. We, we don't know. I mean, there really is no clear indicator of when this was written. And maybe in the midst of all of that, he's saying, great are you, Lord. Great are the blessings that you have given me even though all of these people around here wish to do me harm, even though I am in the midst of a really difficult, unfair situation, even though all of that, great are you, Lord. Bless the Lord, O my soul. I will still bless your name, even in the midst of this. David praised the Lord with his song. We talked about it in Sunday school this morning. It is important when we come to the word of God that we recognize that there there are passages of scripture that that the Psalms that have been written are, are praise to God. And in that praise to God is an outpouring of joy. Joy is a fruit of the spirit. 
We can have joy personally. I can have joy in my life. But if I don't express that joy, that is a lack of thankfulness to God. That is a reflection of of my uh, inability to present thankfulness to God. The joy that, that I express is how I outwardly show God how thankful I am for what he has done for me, for the blessings that he has given me. I mean, when we look at, at the life of David, when we look at, at how David expressed his praise and worship, he wasn't kind of the guy that just sat here and said, bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me. No. David was the dude who ripped off all his clothes and started dancing before the Lord. Like, he was excited. He was playing the instruments with the priests. He was, he was worshiping God with literally all that was within him. There's exclamation marks in this passage. That means something. When David w- was dancing, I mean, he, he was dancing to the point that his wife was looking at him like, what are you doing? <laughs> Kaylee does that sometimes. But she, she probably has more reason than, than Michael did. <laughs> so this is a, a guy that, that's dancing and celebrating in worship. This psalm that David has written is a, a song of praise. And if we look at, at some of these psalms, there, there are these kinds of, of praises that exist all throughout. If we look at Psalm 34, uh, verse 12, this is David when he was pretending to be insane. <laughs> I will praise the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. I will boast in the Lord. The humble will hear and be glad. Proclaim with me the Lord's greatness. Let us exalt his name together as I'm pretending to be insane in order to not be killed by this king. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Psalm 66, one through four. Shout joyfully to God, all the earth. Sing the glory of his name. Make his praise glorious. Say to God, how awe-inspiring are your works. Your enemies will cringe before you because of your great strength. All the earth will worship you and sing praise to you. They will sing praise to your name. Psalm 81 Psalm 92, the list goes on and on and on where we see bringing praise to God is something that isn't just the monotonous humdum, like let's just get it over with type of situation. Bringing praise to the Lord is something that's supposed to be a natural outpouring of what God is doing in my life. Bringing praise to God is a natural outpouring of the joy that I have. And maybe you're looking at your life and saying, Matt, I don't there's a lot going on and I don't have a lot to be joyful about today. It's okay to feel that way. Did you know that? It, it's okay to, to look at your life and say, man, this, is, this has not been a great week. This hasn't been a great month, a great year. This hasn't been a great season. But did you know there is still joy to be had even in the midst of that? Well, yeah, that's, that's easy for you to say you weren't going through it. And I, I agree. It is easy for me to say. I, I do not go through the same things that you go through. But what I know, 
what I know, what I know, what I know is that if you are going through something like that in your life, you are not doing it alone. And that in the midst of that trial, in the midst of that difficulty, in the midst of that cave with the enemies all around you, I'm sure you all know of a situation in your life that feels like that. You are not alone. There is a God who loves you. There is a God who is singing his blessings over you. And out of that love, out of that that blessing that he is singing over you, we can have joy in the midst of the difficulty. And out of that joy comes this praise. It is appropriate for us to have a life that is in relationship with God. We, we, are, we are called to have relationship with God. And, and that's not just a, a throwaway word. Sometimes we use relationship, we use communion, we use these words just as kind of throwaway church words, but it is appropriate. It is, we are to expect and seek after relationship with God. What does verse three say? It says, who forgives all of your iniquities? Who heals all your diseases? Remember, who's David talking to? He's not talking to the Israelite people. He's not talking to God. He's, he's talking to his soul. Who forgives all my iniquities? Who forgives all of, who heals all of my diseases? And does God heal disease? Yeah. But who's he talking to? He's talking to his soul. Does our soul have diseases? (laughs) You bet. You bet. If we look at, at the diseases that exist... We have fear. Is fear a disease? I think it could be. Doubt, depression, anger, lust, hate, jealousy, pride, greed. I mean, we could, I could be here all day for that. We have all of these things that, that exist in our life, all of these struggles that we face, all of these, these diseases that exist, and yet, He heals all of our diseases. One of the the attributes or names of of Satan is the accuser. In Job, we see the devil going before God and accusing Job. it seems pretty probable that the enemy goes before God and accuses us as well. We have every reason to believe that, that that's, that's how that works. We have an enemy that goes before God, says, look at, look at what Matt just did. He... You call Matt yours, and yet 
He does that. And he doesn't have to lie. Because we do dumb things. <laughs> we, we, do, we do things that we're not supposed to do. We, we sin. So the father of lies doesn't have to lie when it's just the truth. And so he comes before God and he says, look at, at Matt, look at the thing that he's done. How can you call him yours when he is openly making those choices, when he's actively thinking those thoughts, when he's uh, saying those words? But while we have an accuser, while we have an adversary, we also have an advocate. We have one who goes to the Father on our behalf. We have Jesus Christ, the righteous Son of God, who sits at the right hand of the Father and says, you don't listen to anything that he's saying because Matt has been bought. Matt has been paid for through my blood. I have bought him for a price. I have paid for his sins. And though they were like scarlet, they have been washed and he is white as snow. And in the midst of all of this, we say, God, thank you for healing all of our disease. That disease, that, that disease that, that would disqualify me from being in the presence of God has been healed through the blood of Jesus. If I have a life in relationship with God, shouldn't it mean something? That seems like a, a pretty straightforward question that most people are, yeah, I, I want my life to mean something. <laughs> Nobody's like, sign me up for mediocrity and a meaningless life, thanks. Uh, no. But if that's really where, where we are, if that, that truly is what we want, if that's, that's what we're longing for is a meaningful life, then that relationship with God has to take some form of priority. We have to, to put time, we have to put effort and energy into to maintaining that relationship. What does verse four and five say? It says... I can scroll out. Um, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion? Who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles? Because God forgives our sins, because he gives us relationship, because he heals the diseases of our soul, because of all of those things, we see life as meaningful. Another way to read this verse is he stops your life from being a waste of time. <laughs> Sometimes I kind of wish the Bible just said stuff like that. Like, don't you? It'd just be like, wow, this is, this is amazing. <laughs> so, so clear, so direct. No, no need for interpretation at all. Um, 
He keeps your life from being a waste of time. And again, none of us are like, yeah, sign me up for having a wasted life. And yet, how many of us spend time on things that are a waste of time? Well, wait a minute. <laughs> I've been caught. <laughs> we, we spend our days in pursuit of temporal things, of things that, that only last for a moment. We wake up one day empty and tired, and we're like, what has happened with my life? Oh, it's, yeah, it's because I was spending my entire existence looking for something that didn't actually bring meaning to my life. And what's more is when you come to that realization, you begin to feel betrayed because the things that you worked so hard to try and obtain, they didn't bring you the satisfaction that you were longing for. It's like, I've been had. This thing that the media, this thing that, that the, the government, this thing that the economy said that I needed to strive so hard for turned out to be completely worthless. Money. Let's just chuck that at the top of the list. Material. Power. All of those things, they're not going to cut it. What gives us purpose? God gives me a purpose. The Lord gives meaning to my life to bring us back. God is who makes it so my life is not a waste of time. What's the benefit of knowing God? The benefit of knowing God is that our lives count for something. They're not lived in vain. There is an eternal significance that, that is now considered and this is what specifically David is, is praising the Lord for. He's saying, bless the Lord, O my soul, that, that my life now has meaning, that there is, is something more to this than me just growing my own kingdom. We see that time after time after time. If you look at history, you look at, at these conquerors who have gone through and they have conquered entire regions, they have conquered entire parts of the world. Alexander the Great is a great example. He has conquered most of the known world at his time. And at the same moment, he comes to the end and he says, is this all there is? Is this all there is? Because eventually, all of those things fail. Eventually, kings and kingdoms will fade. Eventually, wealth and resources will fade. Eventually, power will fade. But the kingdom of God will stand. In verse 5, it says, He satisfies your mouth. This seems fitting for Thanksgiving, right? Uh, he will satisfy your mouth. He gives us satisfaction in our old age. What does that mean? This is kind of a, 
an odd turn for David to take, in my opinion, when you're, you're looking at this. It, it just doesn't seem to match at first, but he's speaking to his soul. And if our old age is renewed, what, what does our old age need to be renewed from? I don't think it's talking about like you make it so, you know, my joints feel better. You make it so, so you know, I, I have physical health. I mean, maybe that's part of it. But I think what is being talked about here is when we get to the end of our life, we can look back on a life that we've lived with Christ. Obviously, David didn't know Christ yet, but we're going to say we get to look back at a life that I've lived with Christ, and I get to look back and say, in each of these instances, God was faithful. In each of these instances, God proved yet again that he is who he says he is. In every single one of these moments, God showed up. And that renews me in my old age. That renews me when I look back and see those things as opposed to the opposite, when I get to the end of my life, if I've chosen not to be a follower of Christ, if I've chosen not to be in that relationship, and I look back, I'm looking back at just my own successes. My own hollow victories spent trying to fill that hole that can't be filled. Looking back in utter defeat, saying, is this all there is? Is this all there is? That cannot be the question that you ask when you get to that time, as the song we were singing, when my, my years are failing, when my time has come, I do not want the, the words out of my mouth to be, is this all there is when I look back? And the only way that that equation changes has nothing to do with my best efforts. The only way that that equation changes is through relationship with God. So what are we supposed to do? How, how are we supposed to change? How, what, what is the, the direction that's supposed to come out of this? These all seem like really good ideas. It seems like, yeah, I can get on board with, with blessing the Lord, but how does my life reflect that on a day-to-day basis? We're told to be aware. Forget not his benefits is what the, the verse says. We're told to be mindful of what it is that God has done for us. We're told to be honest. You can tell when somebody's being fake. You can tell when somebody's being phony. And so you don't show up, us blessing the Lord and us proclaiming joy is not a matter of us saying, oh, everything's fine. Everything is totally fine. As the building is burning down around you, everything is totally fine. I am totally comfortable with what's happening here. No, I'm not fine. But even though I'm not fine, I can still have joy. So be honest. Be grateful. There is nothing that encourages praise like gratitude. Be vocal. Tell somebody If there is joy that exists in your life, tell someone, tell people about what it is that God has done. Your life is to be a testimony of who God is. 
Your life is to be a reflection of who God is. Be consistent. There's been some things that have happened at work recently that really highlight this specific point. When you don't have consistency, things get confusing. When you you think you have a standard in place and all of a sudden something changes and you're like, well, wait a minute, I thought we were doing it this way. Oh, we are, but we just didn't do it that time. Why not? We just didn't feel like it that time. Well, okay, let's go back and do it that way, this way too. And, And that makes sense in a work environment, but let's maybe take that now into our, our own personal lives. If, if I'm not consistent, people are looking at my life saying, oh, this, there's Matt, this is what he's doing, this is how he is being a reflection of who God is, and then all of a sudden there's a pivot and there's a lack of consistency. It's like, wait a minute. I thought, I thought you were this way. I thought God was this way because that's, that's how I see God is through you. But my lack of consistency is now creating a problem. So that's a call is that we are to make it a part of our everyday experience, our our expressing gratitude, our expressing praise, blessing the Lord, oh, our soul, is supposed to be something that is part of my everyday existence. If we come back to this prayer rhythm that we've talked about, every instance of that is a matter of us blessing the Lord. So the question, are, are you living a life in relationship with God? And if you are, an outpouring of praise to him has to be the expression of that. And it's not that you're compelled to do that. It's that you will want to do that because you're in a relationship with God and you are in recognition of the benefits and the blessings that he has given. David said, I will praise him with all that is within me. This means that I'm praising God with my attitudes. I'm praising God with my actions, that my family is praising God, that my finances are praising God, that my words, that the work that I do is praising God, that my time here at church is praising God, the voice that I I use is praising God, the vocation, my church, my children, everything that is within me will bless his name. I will praise him not only with the words that I say, but with the actions of my hands. I will praise him with everything that is in me. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, may that be true in us. May that be the case, Lord, that we would praise you with everything that is in us we would bless the Lord, oh my soul, with every fiber of our being, with every word of our mouth, with every action of our hands, God, that we would bless and praise who you are. God, as we come into this season of thanksgiving, we come and we bring thanks for who you are. We come and we, we proclaim gratitude even when maybe it's, it's difficult to do. 
Thank you for joining us today. If you'd like more information about Wood Street Chapel, check out our website, woodstreetchapel.org, or email us, info at woodstreetchapel.org. Connect with us on Facebook to stay in the loop. 